Path to Pro, the best of who's next. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the episode 24 of the Path to Pro Soccer podcast. I have a very special guest on with me today, one of my favorite people in the game right now. No lie for that. And I want to introduce to you the technical consultant with the Jamaican women's national team, first ever women's coach in men's pro soccer here in the U.S., head of operations now at Stumptown AC here in the NISA, podcaster, mentor, and one of my favorite people, of course. We have Carrie Taylor on with us. What's up, Carrie? Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, super excited to chat. And I i mean, I'm honored to be on and that's so sweet. I didn't know I was one of your favorite people in the game, but thank you. How could you not? I think I like <laughs> post about Carrie like once a day on social media. It feels like. Love you're, you. <laughs> yes, you're just all over the place. And it's just so it's not it's not hard to recognize how much of a great person you are in the game. So oh, that's sweet. And I've been waiting for this one. Like Eric was asking me, like, who are you going to have on next? I was like, um, we're going to debrief this combine and then I'm going to have carry on. Like, that's just what it awesome. is. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. But speaking of the combine, I wanted to debrief a little bit. We just had the first ever women's pro combine here at Path to Pro Soccer. And Carrie Taylor was one of the coaches of the female teams. So talk to me a little bit about your experience with the girls. I was super proud of the event. I think the girls did a great job. And I'm hoping to see a lot of players coming out with contracts out of this. And then uh, we just signed Sienna Zabrowski, actually to the agency recently. So let me know your thoughts. Yeah, it was, um, it was great. And I was definitely honored to be asked to coach at it. So thank you. Um, I, I think it's, you know, there's so many combines out there for men. Um, and I know there's only a couple for women. So I was really excited that path to pro added the women's side this year and the talent level was, was quality. Um, the the women young women young ladies whatever we mm -hmm. want to call them um they i mean they played their hearts out the the standard was good um they took a lot of uh feedback and asked a lot of questions and and that you know was that's important of you know hey what did you think about this or how did i play or what you know um players that are open to some coaching and to some feedback that's that's all you can ask for so yeah, I mean, it would be great to to ha grow it. Um, I hope you guys grow it. I hope maybe they can play two games instead of one in the in the future and get some more um, scouts for women's teams there. And hopefully by next year, there'll be another pro women's league that will be going on um, if I have anything to say about it. So hopefully we'll have more opportunities for women. Yeah, it was great to see. I saw like after the game, like the teams were like taking pictures with each other. Everybody was kind of like networking within each other. And I had never seen that. I've worked three other combines before this with just the men. And it just seems like, oh, play your game and leave type of yeah. thing. But the women's players specifically, like after the game, wanted to get to know everybody. Like all of you guys like followed each other on Instagram and mm -hmm. social media after that. And mm -hmm. I love to see it. And Eric did as well. Yeah. No, we took a team photo and, you know, everybody was posting and, you know, and that's great. And, and actually, you know, I gave, I gave my 
Instagram handle or what, I don't even know what, what that yeah. stuff is anymore. I'm old, but <laughs> a lot of the players have reached out, you know, I've, I'm in email contact with some of them asking advice and things like that. And, and that's, you know, that's what you hope for is to, to be a source of information um, for players. And, you know, it's, it's hard to, to get a, a contract. It's hard to find a place to play. Um, and, and path to pro is a great um, way to do that, but it's, but it's definitely not easy. Yeah, especially on the women's side. But talking about, you said, the new women's leagues, I know that you have your position with United Women's Soccer and how you guys are going to create now a new side of NISA for the women's team. So talk to me about that creation of that section. Yeah, so um, I it's all of the entities. So I work for a company called Club Nine Sports, and they, they're leading the charge. We have an alliance with UWS kind of in spirit and with NISA in spirit. Mm-hmm. So um, later this week, we are going to be announcing the name of the league and the logo and the branding and basically what our ethos um, of what we stand for and, and what our vision um, and mission will be for the new league. Uh, what we what we have to do is apply and then receive sanctioning from U.S. Soccer, and so that's a long process. It's there's applications. We're talking like part of my job is to talk to clubs and help prepare the application. We have our you know we have our team that does the branding. We have our PR people. We have all of we have a team of of individuals you know all working together to. Uh, create more opportunities for women. And, you know, within the, the NWSL has done a great job, but there's only 10 teams, you know, of, of true professional soccer. So our, our hope is we would love to have another 10 teams um, come fall of 2022. Mm-hmm. So the sanctioning process takes a while um, and we're super excited about it. You know, I'm talking to it when we get off this podcast, I have a, a, a call with a club that's interested potentially and, so it's it's exciting, you know. People do want to promote and invest in women's soccer, so it's it's awesome. I know, and I I feel like there's a huge conversation, obviously, after Women's History Month with the whole equal pay things. But the people that don't understand it don't realize that there's no such thing as equal pay, and there's also no such thing as equal opportunity for women, specifically in soccer. And I yeah. have to explain to like these people that don't understand, like men's soccer players have 10 million routes to go and play pro after they graduate from college. Whereas women, if they can't make it to an NWSL level team, their career is basically done if they don't want to go play overseas. And I feel like specifically women's players have a harder time deciding to go and play overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, you have MLS and you have like 30 some teams or whatever number they're at now, I don't even know what they're at. Mm-hmm. You USL, which has the championship league one and league two, and you have NISA in that sits in division three, yeah. um, you know, as far as professional opportunities for men in the U S and then, I mean, there's a professional indoor men's team where, you know, players can go and play and yeah. you have, te- you have 10 women's teams. And, I did, I looked online like a couple months ago and, and I was adding up like how many division one college programs there are for women, how many division two, how many division three. And if you total up all of them and you're, I'm not even counting NAIA or junior college programs, yeah. there's over a thousand college soccer programs for women. So like, where do all those players go? Yeah. Not there, there is a plethora if I want to use a big word or like an intense word there's a plethora of 
qualified players that just have no place to play. And you mentioned going overseas, like that's a huge decision to try to get, you know, a work permit and find a team. And and you're fighting with players that are from those, you know, countries, whether you go to England, whether you go to Australia, um, whether you go to Spain or France, like that's difficult. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want this to sound weird, but like, I feel like when women graduate college, it's easier or they, they make that decision of like, okay, I want to start my career because they already know there's so few opportunities. Whereas like the men's players, just in my experience with coaching in USL championship and now with NISA, the guys are willing to like try it for a little longer and like postpone quote unquote, like a real 12 full-time job. Like they're willing to sleep on people's couches and they're willing to like, you know, play in Charlotte one year and play in Oakland the previous year and be in Tucson and all over the place. Whereas the women are kind of like, eh, all right, there's 10 teams. Let's just start my life. And, and so that, that struggle to me shouldn't be a, that hard for the men's side of, but definitely not as hard for the women's side. And so, you know, we hope to change that with this, with the new women's professional league. Um, and, you know, if we, if we can create 10 more opportunities for 10 new teams or 10 teams that exist that want to, you know, make the jump, that's 10 more head coaching positions. That's 10 more GM positions. That's 10 more ownership groups. That's 10 more rosters, you know? And so that, that's exciting. And that is, that is like, you know, there's some day, there's some days I get up and I'm like, oh gosh, I have to do this. I got to do this spreadsheet. And then I'm like, Harry, you have the most wonderful opportunity. Like, what, what are you, what are you complaining about having to, you know, <laughs> make, submit a a, yeah. make a spreadsheet when like you're, you're working with this, this group of people and you're about to like apply for a new women's pro league. Like I need to smack myself some days and be like, you have a great opportunity here. So yeah. You're doing great work. And I know that all the female players that I know, like the people that are starting up these new leagues, they're so grateful for them because at the end of the day, I think they want to be here in the U.S. playing with their families close to them. I think it's just females kind of just we tend to be closer, more caring, more like wanting to be around our tribe. You know what I mean? So It's going to be huge to see a league started for women's players and not just at the highest level and they can work their way up to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so excited. But speaking about that collaboration and like that family of women in soccer, I want to transition into your position with women in soccer and kind of just talk about them, get their name out there. Cause I think a lot of more people need to know about the organization and what you guys do. And then your podcast, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, women in soccer, it's a free online, um, sort of like LinkedIn for soccer people. Um, it's open to anyone. You could be a coach, you could be a fan, you could be working the business and in social media or PR or whatever. Um, and it's just, it's a network of women. Um, you can go online, womeninsoccer.org and, um, sign up for free and connect with, with other women in the game. Um, and there's like, uh, the, the podcast that I do, Brandy Chastain does some things. There's um, uh, swapping kits with Dre on Fridays. Like there's, there's a lot of content um, that you can kind of pick and choose what you want to do with it. You, we have a Slack channel 
um, where you can, you know, post in there and get advice or ask questions. There's job board opportunities. Um, so it's just, it's, you know, uh, Courtney Levinson, her team um, of people are have just been great and they're doing a lot uh, to push to have more connection within um, within women in the game. So, yeah. Yeah, it's huge. I enjoy it so much. I enjoy the content. I think the social media aspect of it has been great. And from somebody that works in obviously sports social media, I appreciate and I see and I like love to like see how people run their stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I like it. And especially your podcast. I li- I listen to your podcast for huge motivation for me. Aww. I actually listen to an episode every single time before I record a podcast. <laughs> if I'm really awesome, honest, but that's, that's sweet. I, I've taken a little bit of a pause just because honestly, I've been so busy. My life has been like all over the place. So I'll be I'll be getting back on the, on the podcast uh, trail. But I'm about to go to Tennessee for two weeks and and be with the the NISA teams, be with Sumptown AC. Um, they're having a Legends tournament um, for for NISA, so I'm gonna be be there, and we'll be talking about you know the women's pro league and and all that. So, but the podcast will come back. It's just on a small pause. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think was your favorite person to have on the podcast so far? Ooh. Or maybe just the person that gave you the best content. I don't know. Like I don't want to like offend yeah. your, your people. No, 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 no offense. I um, you know, obviously I love it. It's just fun to hear people's stories. It's it's fun for me. Like I I script out a couple questions and then it's more just how I do the my podcast is I just like to to just riff with wherever the conversation is going. Um, so, you know, had a really good talk with uh, Maggie Entim, who is a female sports agent. She happens to be my agent. Um, and I never had an agent until like, like August. And, you know, like all these players and all these male coaches have agents. And I'm like, huh, okay, maybe I should get, get it on there. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, I need someone to, you know, help me, you know, get a Puma deal maybe someday. Hey, Puma, or if you're listening. Um, sponsor, sponsor. <laughs> I know, right, right. You know, so, um, so, you know, chatting with Maggie about what it's like to also be because she's in a male space, like sports agency, you don't see a lot of females doing that. And so, you know, to chat with her about her challenges to do that. Um, Samantha, um, Martel Johnson, who's who's a professional player, former NWSL player that's over in Australia. It was really good to get insight about like what it was like to be a player early on in NWSL and the sacrifices and the standards and, and all of that. And just, you know, the struggle and the challenge of being a female professional player. Like she retired and then she would, she came out of retirement and was like, okay, well maybe I'll go to Australia. And so, so that, you know, that was a good chat. And then, you know, getting, I got to interview Brandy Chastain, which like, that was pretty cool because she's Brandy Chastain. And, you know, like all of us, um, at least in my generation, remember watching the game. We remember, you know, the 99ers, we remember even prior to that and, and what that meant, um, what that world cup victory meant and what all of the players on that team, what they meant to growing the game, um, for women. So, so yeah, I mean, all the all the people on the show are great, but those those three will you know are 
those there's some good really good content I think personally that I enjoyed from from those talks yeah I especially I like listening to podcasts where I can learn something from somebody I like pride myself to be a huge sponge and I just love Mm -hmm. learning from all different types of people especially in the sports industry because everybody in sports is a different story about how they made Mm -hmm. their journey successful you know what I mean so I love I love those episodes that you actually were just talking about because I got to pull like different sides of it and just see what I can implement into my own routine. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But so talking about Tennessee and the Legends Cup. Yeah. You are, as we said in the beginning, head of operations there at Stumptown AC. And we know or Eric knows and I know that you actually did some recruiting at the past combine and we have some players I don't I don't think I can say who yet they'll probably be announced soon but let's talk about Stumptown and how that's process with going for you guys yeah so we um we're just so you know we will make player announcements this week so we've um Stumptown um basically it's been a brand refresh so the the league is operating the team um and so who I work for again club nine sports uh, put me on on this project along with the women's pro league project. So, um, Rod, Coach Rod Underwood is our head coach. Eric Emler is our assistant coach. And basically, in a really short time, um, we have signed players and gotten uniforms and gotten houses and just you know doing all the things that you need to do for a team. Which you know, for the fan, I was I was talking to our head coach today, and we were laughing because. Literally, and I'm I'm in San Diego, and I've flown to Charlotte back and forth. I'm flying out again on Thursday, and then driving with the team to Tennessee. But like, there's so much that goes into actually the kick of the first ball that like fans and people don't realize what goes on behind the scenes. Like, you've got to get physicals, you've got to order equipment, you've got to get a patch sewn on a jersey, you've got to schedule fields, you got to get houses, you have to get a trainer, you have to get equipment manager, you have to get ticketing, you have to get sponsors, you have to get stadiums. And now COVID testing as well for your players. COVID testing, COVID testing Friday, 11 (laughs) a.m. I I literally, you talk about spreadsheets, I'm sending the spreadsheet of name, date of birth, whatever, to our people. So we have COVID testers coming to our field before we leave to go to Tennessee, you know, like, I ordered masks for the players that say Stumptown AC. Like the, you know, we in sports know that there's sometimes there's not a lot of glamour in what we do, but mm-hmm. like the, the outward project is the glamour piece. Exactly. So it's so it's you know when I when I try to give advice sometimes and somebody's like, how do I get involved in this and how do I get involved in you know coaching or working in a front office? I'm like, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> <laughs> like. It's not as glamorous as it seems, but then somehow, you know, like somehow we end up loving it and we stay in it forever. And, you know, like I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade my job or my experiences or ups and downs for anything like, but it's, it's definitely, um, there's a lot that goes on before the first whistle blows. So yeah, (laughs) I totally get it. Like I have to remember, like, just working with the roots and how great like their branding is and their like all their gear and stuff. I have to remember that somebody like took 
years to design this probably mm-hmm. and like to get it made and to get like all that stuff done and I totally I especially that now with the masks oh my god you have to get mask yeah. made for yeah. players and they expect all that stuff because now you're considered a pro you know you oh, yeah. like to be given all the gear and all that stuff oh yeah like trust trust me our, our gear just came in last week and the poor guys are like where's my training kit I'm like I don't know, in a box somewhere, <laughs> like on a FedEx truck. Sorry, guys. You got to yeah. train in, in your own stuff for a little while. Like, just bear with us. It's been ordered. It's coming. Just roll with it. So, you know, it's it's good life lessons, I guess, for for everyone of, you know, you can only do so much. You can only, you know, like sometimes there are circumstances that just you can't work around. So you just have to figure it out and you have to go, you know what? It's not that big a deal guess what guys got to train in their own stuff for two weeks. Oh, well, (laughs) it's, it it all coming together at the end. And that's just what the, the end goal is. And plus we're here to win the legends cup. We're not here to like win the fashion contest. Exactly. 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 You know, like again, I, not all of our warmups came in. So I'm like, Oh, okay. Let's how to, let's figure out that problem for, you know, going to a tournament in Tennessee, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Everything, everything's falling into place. And, and, I, and I'm super, like, I'm super excited because, um, honestly, like we signed a good number of guys from the path to pro. Um, and that, you know, and, and that was cool. And actually one of the, one of the guys on the team that I got to coach, um, you know, we brought, we brought him in and, yeah. um, you know, a couple of other players. So super excited. And, you know, we'll, you know, a testament to the level of players that you guys are bringing into the, the path to pro events. Um, and, you know, we, we got a lot out of it. I got a lot out of it as a, as a coach and, you know, as a scout for Stumptown. So super important. And thank you. Everybody follow Stumptown AC so we can keep yes. up with what's going on with them. Yes, yes, definitely. Our next question I have for you is probably kind of personal. Um, mm-hmm. Being the first ever women's coach in men's pro soccer, what, how did you, how are you, how did you handle that? Like, how did, were you nervous about it? Like knowing that this was like, you're going to put your, your foot stamp into the women's soccer league, like here in the States, like, how did you handle number one, the nerves and maybe like people looking onto you and thinking she's a girl, like, what do you mean? Like she can be in men's pro soccer. Like how did, how did you handle all of that? Yeah. Um, I, well, it's a good question. And, you know, I'm not going to lie and say that I was like, Ooh, I got this a hundred percent. Um, you, you always have some self doubt. You always think about, um, you know, well, what if a guy gives me some crap or whatever? But, um, in, in 2005, I actually got to start a men's college program, um, in, in Cincinnati, Ohio. I was, it was division three, uh, college soccer and I was the women's head coach, but I got to start the men's program. So I, I coached, um, 18 to 22 year olds for four years. And so that, that prepared me well. Um, and then, uh, like I had coached boys teams and, and all that. And, you know, going into, you know, coaching professional men, um, if you know, if you know, soccer, like soccer, soccer. So once you prove that, you know, the game, then, any player 
is going to be receptive, whether it's male or female. Um, and it, and it, if you make sure that you try to be yourself, which I can be really intense, I can be really like, I can be sarcastic, I can, you know, like, I, you just have to try to be yourself. So, you know, it, the guys I got along with really well, I feel they all respected me, they listened, um, you know, to, to coaching points and things like that. And then, you know, just mentioning, coaching one of the men's teams at the path to pro event. Yeah. Um, the guys were great. Like at halftime, they all, you know, we went in the game. I was like, okay, here's where you're going. And then at halftime they were, they were super receptive. We made a couple adjustments and like the adjustments that we made actually worked. And then after the game we're, we're like, they were like, Oh, well we did what we talked about and it worked. And I was like, yeah, because yeah. we made like two or three little adjustments and you guys did it. So like, mm-hmm. yes, that's good job. And, and so, uh, you know, a couple of the guys from that team stuck around afterwards and asked me for feedback and everything like that. And, you know, in those moments, that's when as a woman, you know, you go, Oh, I'm a coach, like just see me as a coach. coach. And, you know, I think the hoopla around women being the first this or the first that it's great, but it's also like, I just want to be, you know, in that moment, I want to be referred to as a coach who is competent, not a female, not a female coach. And just like, you know, with this women's league, I want to be a managing director that's, that is, can do the job, not a female managing director or with Stumptown, not a female operations director, you know? And so once the, the norms change and there's the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth and all of that, then we'll, we'll get, you know, we'll, we'll drop the female tag and just be, you know, you, you'll be known by your name, not the female, whatever. And so, yeah. And, and so, you know, that's, it's, I mean, it's hard. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that my career or the challenges that I've had have been easy, but I also know I'm not alone because when I talk to female colleagues and, you know, whether it's female coaches or female, you know, general managers or whatever the case may be, we've all had some similar experiences. And so, you know, my, the thing that, that I want to accomplish, I guess, in these next like five to 10 years is continue to make it easier for women that are younger than me that are coming through. And, and, you know, once, front offices have more diversity of color, of gender, of, you know, religion, of whatever the case may be. Once we get more diversity in decision-making places, then I feel like things will, will change even more. You know, like if you're in a youth club, most coaching directors are men. You know, if you're in a, in a college program, a lot of head coaches are male. And it, it, there's just, you know, if you're in a professional team, most of the front office are, are, are men. And so, you know, until the dynamic changes and the diversity is, is a real, really put at the forefront, you know, there's still going to be challenges for women in the sports space. And it's, it's unfortunate, but it's changing. <laughs> yeah. And then my last question is, what do you think is next for women's pro soccer here in the U S? Um, 
lots. So, you know, we have LA with NWSL coming into um, the game um, and they are doing things in a very uh, open and very different uh, structure. So that's super exciting. Sacramento was supposed to have a team. I don't know what's going on there. Um, there've been some, you know, some challenges. So whether it's in Sacramento or whether it gets moved to another um, city or it delays a little bit, you know, there's growth within the NWSL. Again, like this women's division two pro project that will have a name towards the end of the week that we can actually talk about. Um, super excited for that. And, you know, the hope is again, that we have eight to 10 more teams that, you know, in a year's time or year and a half's time, and that that just continues to grow um, for women, whether it's female ownership, whether it's female front office staff, female coaches, but ultimately female players, because, you know, there's so many, so many, so many great players out there that just need a, a chance and can develop in a women's two pro league. And maybe, you know, they go up to NWSL and we hope to have a collaborative um relationship with NWSL. Um, Lisa Baird and I's schedules have been bouncing around. We're supposed to have had a couple calls, um, but we're supposed to talk to NWSL next week. Um, or yeah, the 13th, I think. So, you know, the hope is that not to have competition between division one and division two pro, but collaboration. So the future is bright. Women are on the rise um, in all aspects of life, whether it's soccer or business or, you know, anything. So it's, it's exciting times. I think it's really exciting times. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me. Yeah. Thank you for, for having me past the pro. It is a huge, huge like help to us. And we appreciate the support that you give and that you're always coming out to events. So we love. Yeah, to- no, you guys are great. And, um, you know, Eric and Julia and yourself, you guys do a great job. I'm sure there's more people on the team, but those, those are the three that I talk to. So <laughs> <laughs> where can, um, the listeners follow you on, um, Twitter, Instagram, or whatever, like platforms you want them to follow? Yeah. You know, I should know this. I think it's like underscore CR Taylor four or something like that. Um, I, yeah, I'm on Twitter. And Instagram. Carrie Taylor, you'll find her. I promise. Yeah, <laughs> Carrie Taylor soccer. I don't know. Um, the, you know, apparently I'm getting another email from this women's pro league. So I have, I have like seven different emails between Jamaica and Stumptown and all that. No, it's exciting. So just people can find me. I'm on LinkedIn. That's probably a good way to connect with me. So, you know, if people want to get connected, just hit me up on LinkedIn or, or whatever I'm around, uh, you know, I joke, I'm like, I think I have a, I need a twin so I can like <laughs> be in different places at different times, but no, it's all good times, but thank you for having yeah. me on really appreciate all, all you do. And, um, yeah, have thank a good you. rest of your day. <laughs>